Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I've uh, got a lovely show today planned for you. We've got a couple of regulars to get things started. Patrick Albanese will be joining me in just a minute or less. And then the Monday afternoon mix is going to come up with uh, Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. And then a gentleman named Bill Denzel, who I've not met before. He co-wrote a book called You on Purpose. Discovering Your Calling and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. That's going to be an interesting discussion. And then Beverly Canaris is going to join me, and uh, that's all what's planned for today. So let's get started with a little bit on the light side, which is always what I like to do on Mondays to get things started. Patrick is my friend. He's a comedian, magician. He's a uh, kind of does it all. Always glad to see yeah. And I'm a regular guy. And you're, you are a regular guy. <laughs> I'm one of your regular guys. Although I started today, you're an early morning uh, Very person. Very early, yes. Yes. Uh, and of course, thanks to Daylight Savings Time, you enjoyed that extra hour of sleeplessness like I did. <laughs> you know? That's your problem, not mine. I sleep yeah. good. I, well, yeah, I make mistakes. and so, But I, I tend, when I wake up, I say, well, I'll, I'll just go to the gym. I will accomplish something early today. Yeah, so I do that regularly. But on the drive home today at 6 a.m., I'm, I'm coming down my street. It's still dark out, and I see Christmas lights ablazing. And I, and I, I look at my say it's, it's November 15th. I mean, it's the somebody's got the lights. They're they're installed, <laughs> and they're on. And as I'm coming down the street, I see that there's a tree. And all kinds of decorations, and they're around the bushes. And then as I pull in the driveway, I realize that it is my house. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I had no idea, right? <laughs> I come in, and I, I said to my wife, I go, when did that happen? I left here at 5 o'clock. <laughs> I came home at 6 o'clock. And did you just put those up just now? And she says, no, the other day you were helping my sister move. I put them up then. I just didn't turn them on. And apparently you didn't even notice that I had fully, fully bedecked the house. Wow. So uh, I, it wasn't, and I, but you know, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm coming down the street. I go, oh, you gotta be kidding me. What, what knucklehead already (laughs) has Christmas lights on and it's my house. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it kind of caught me by surprise today. Yeah. But, and, and so it was briefly, we were talking to Rosie a moments ago, and she says, well, you want to get that stuff up before it gets cold. And that's what my wife said. She says, you want to, you want to get those things up before it gets cold. And you had mentioned that some people, they, they want to wait till that first snowfall. They find that to be festive to get out when it starts to snow. Like, here is winter and Christmas is around the corner. Let's get the decorations up. I, I applaud those people. I don't have that uh, willingness to get out when it's freezing. I always think if you're going to put something up, probably want yeah. to do it in late fall when it's not quite so cold. I not only don't have the wherewithal, I don't have the insurance plan that will cover <laughs> me climbing a ladder in slippery weather. Yeah. I, just don't, I don't yeah. have that kind of coverage. No, I'm with you on that. 
Wow. Well, uh, more power to them. Yeah. So, so when do you, when yeah, do you think it's appropriate yeah. to have the decorations up and running? Do you think you have to wait until well, after Thanksgiving, or do you think they're good to have up before? Uh, as a kid, of course, it was always after Thanksgiving. You know, my family was strictly, you know, next holiday up, and that's where, where all your focus went. You know, so it's like, well, Arbor Day is coming up. You can't do anything, you know, for uh, until Arbor Day is out of the way. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's how we would deal with it. So Thanksgiving was, yeah, and of course, you know, my, with, with eight kids, my mom would have to cook. We would just, you might as well just have raised a bunch of turkeys in the backyard. She'd have to cook so much food. Uh, so then we could start thinking about Christmas. So many years now of doing uh, your show, Triple Espresso, uh, I would have shows the day after Christmas. And since my kids wouldn't be in school, very often, if I would, say, be working in Minneapolis or Chicago or somewhere, I would drive home to Des Moines for the Christmas holiday and then take the family with me because they wouldn't have to go to work. So we got into the habit of taking Christmas down Christmas night. I so remember that. We that. Came yeah. Home, yes. So that when we walked in the door on the 28th or the 29th or whenever the week ended, the house, it was done. Because of that, it seems that right around Labor Day is when we're putting the Christmas stuff on. <laughs> so that we can enjoy it. Yeah. We do it. It seems like it gets earlier that we put it up now because we take it down so quickly. Your wife has a festive little habit, which I don't know if she read about or, or uh, invented herself, but she will take pictures off the wall and wrap them as a gift and then put them back up on the wall. So yeah, I, I guess I, Rosie I, said she does that too. So that's, uh, it just makes the, your living room or whatever very festive with wrapped yeah. presents on the wall. Right. I, I should have unwrapped last year's. So I have no <laughs> idea what I got. It made me think, wouldn't it be a great hiding place for presents? Uh, you know, my kids are not Snoopy. They, they just, they won't, uh, I never snooped as a kid. You know, if somebody, my brother would put a present under the tree, say for me, and he'd say, don't even pick it up. You know, don't even, if you shake it, you'll break it. Mm. And uh, so for two weeks, I would just stare at that package and I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't even pick it up until he gingerly handed it to me on Christmas Eve and I opened a jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just didn't want to. I thought you said I would break it. He said, well, some of the pieces might have been connected. I don't know. <laughs> he just didn't want me to know what was in it. But he knew that I wouldn't touch it. Uh, and my kids have that same thing. My wife, on the other hand, did I, t- I think I told you the story where she snooped, saw the jacket she was getting. Her mom found out that she had snooped and saw the jacket she was getting. So she went to Goodwill, bought a really ratty old beat-up jacket, swapped it out, put it in the box. And when my wife opened it on Christmas, thinking she was getting this fancy jacket she had asked for and had peeked and seen, opens up and says, what's this? <laughs> oh, what a great trick, huh? Uh, that was amazing. And I think that's on yeah. video as well. I would pay big money to see that. I mean, uh, up, to on, up to $2. Up to $2. Up to $2. Yeah. Well, I'm not stupid. No, 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 no. I remember when you used to spend the $4 on something like that. Yeah. Right. That, was in the, that was the 80s. Yeah. Things were better $4 back then. went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're giving thanks and you wake up in the morning and, and you have more health than you do illness, uh, you're more blessed than the million people who may not even survive the week. So a lot to be thankful for, for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I still use Facebook for the actual 
what I feel was the intended purpose, you know, keep up, see what friends and family and people are doing. And it seems like every week now you're seeing a sad story, somebody diagnosed with, uh, you know, something like a cancer, maybe in, a, in an advanced stage and they're charting their progress. And I do like to follow those along because these are friends. These are, you know, maybe I haven't seen them face to face for years. But it also does give me that sense of, you know, wow, I, I, and you and I talk about this, how lucky we, you wake up some days and you say, how come I'm so lucky? Yeah, of course, we how, don't how use the word luck, we use the word blessed. And blessed, I, yes, I, I I'm know, sorry, yes. That's okay, I'm not correcting you, I'm just reminding you, because when we talk about it, we're, we're amazed at how blessed we are. Yeah, 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 it's, uh, I think I told you my my Aunt Donna who was just a wonderful, wonderful woman, had a very long, wonderful life filled with just joy and success in all good things. And uh, she used to say, you know, when 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 I'm gone, um, you know, and, and I meet God, I want to say, why were you so good to me? Mm. Why me? Yeah. You know, why did I get picked for just, it's it seemed like just blessing after blessing after blessing. Mm-hmm. Imagine and we don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Imagine having some food in the fridge right now, which I believe you do. The family does. You've got some clothes on yes. your back and a roof over your head. Place to sleep tonight. So you are going to be richer than 75% of the world. Yes. And I would make it 85% because we have food in a crock pot right now, which is creating <laughs> an aroma in the house of some sort of beef product. Yeah. It, it's glorious in here. Oh, Even the dog sounds... is just wandering around saying, wow, this is really nice. Mm-hmm. I like here. Yeah. And if you have a little money in the bank or in your wallet, maybe uh, you've got a, a little container that you throw your spare change in somewhere around the house, you're going to be uh, among the 8% of the world's wealthy. doesn't take mm-hmm. much to be considered part of the world's wealthy. We take a lot of this for granted. I think our hearts should be always full of thankfulness and gratitude for the way in which God has blessed us. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. And I don't even, you know, that's the old keeping up with the Joneses or comparing yourself to other people, um, which, uh, you know, I don't compare myself to my, my friends, you know, unlike them, of course. (laughs) You're better than that. Yeah. I'm better than that. Right. But um, it's, uh, it's, it's so amazing to overlook that, uh, yeah, we, we have such a blessed life that, uh, how do we focus on that small pile of things that we, we, we think we don't have? We're not even sure we would, would life be better if we had them? We just assume that it would be. Mm-hmm. You sent me something over the weekend, which I felt a real kinship with Benedict Cumberpatch because I realized he and I had something in common, which was very interesting. He said that, the most painful thing while shooting his new movie, The Power of the Dog, was pretending he knew how to play the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> You've been pretending to play I've the banjo. I've been pretending for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I share that, although I think you get used to the pain. <laughs> uh, you know, the people that are around you, however, <laughs> they don't get used to it. Right. It's uh uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, you would think a, a guy of his caliber, he'd say, I bet you could learn to play the banjo instead of uh, pretending to play the yeah. banjo. Patrick, I'm going to yeah. ask you a question, then I'm going to take a break, and when we come back, I want your answer, okay? All if right. If I offered you $400 today, or I'm going to give you $550, but you got to wait three months, which do you take, the quick cash or more money later? It's going to determine 
a lot of things about you. I'm talking to Patrick Albanese. We'll take a short break and be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Happy Monday. I love Mondays. Love to get the week started. I always like to do it on a lighter note with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. So, Patrick, right before the break, I made an offer, neither of which I'm going to, you know, fulfill. But <laughs> uh, this is this I know. This I know. <laughs> if you were offered 400 today, 400 bucks, or you had to wait three months, but in three months I'll give you 550 dollars. What what do you do? Do you take the money today or do you wait? Uh, is this like if you won the lottery today? Did you <laughs> <laughs> no, it says something about your your ability to do some. Uh, yeah. Delayed gratification, deferral, that kind of thing. So I'm just curious. Okay. What do you do? Take the money or I, wait? I, I I would wait for the 550. Although if it was the lottery, I would take the lump sum right now. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't know about 20 years from now getting a small check every 20 years. But I, I would I would wait. It seems like a pretty good return on investment. I mean, if you said to me the same thing, hey, if you could invest $400 and in three months it's worth 550, would you consider that a good return on investment? I would say that's an amazing return on investment. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. So I was reading this article that it was in the Washington Post, and it was, I think, by Sally Jenkins, and she was writing about Tom Brady. Of course, we're all kind of fascinated about Brady, given his yeah. age and the fact he's still setting incredible records. Um, mm-hmm. But he's kind of a delayed gratification guy, and he uh, will always. He said that when he was in his 30s, he was training for his 40s, so he's always wow. working ahead. And he said he works in May for what might happen in February. So he's playing in this uh, golf tournament in Florida. And it's just in the midst of uh, a very hot month in Florida. And he's in the parking lot sprinting. And Charles Barkley, who was playing in the golf tournament with him, said, as he was running sprints, he goes, what are you doing? He goes, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> so he was training in the middle of the summer for something that was going to hopefully happen in February. And, you know, I was reading too that uh, Derek Jeter would go to bed at the exact same time every night during the season, no matter where they were or who they were with. And there's that, wow. that discipline is a muscle. It can be built and how important it is to be disciplined in life because I think discipline always creates freedom and, You've used that phrase a lot, yes. Well, I've always thought, yeah, I've thought, you know, if you have the the discipline, I'll just use this as reference to like a salesperson. If you have the the discipline to make cold calls, you have the freedom to develop new customers. If you have the discipline to develop new customers, you have the freedom to grow your business. If you have Mm -hmm. the discipline to grow your business, you have the freedom to make a 1.30 tea time on Tuesday. And then you have the freedom to sprint in case you're preparing for the Super Bowl. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, I think that the disciplines that come along in our spiritual life are not to be ignored. I think they're super important. I love getting up at early 4, 4.30. I love putting on the coffee. I love having the quiet 
time with the Lord, because if I don't start my day that way, I'm in big trouble. And, and sometimes I was telling my wife this morning uh, at about, oh, I don't know, it was about 8.30. Uh, so it's still <laughs> relatively early, you know, okay. 8.30 in the morning, right? Yeah, right. And I look at my watch, and I've already got 5,000 steps in uh, for the day. So, you know, and I, I don't mind counting my steps. I, you know, it's, it's, it's not my marker of a fitness level, but since I got the thing that does it, I said, well, it's kind of amusing. And I say, you know, I, here's what I love about mornings. I love to get up early. I have some quiet time. Same thing as you. I love a nice fresh cup of coffee. You have your, your, your time with the Lord. And, uh, I also like to solve like Sudoku and Ken Ken puzzles just to kind of get the brain cooking. I like to go to the gym. I make the kids' lunches. I make my lunch. I make my breakfasts because I'll have two little breakfasts actually before I leave the house at 8:30, and I'll make the kids' breakfasts, and then I drive them to two different schools, and then off I go. And I say I I feel like I've accomplished so much early that if I waited, I wouldn't get half of that done because the day gets away from me. Mm, good point. I just, I, I, and, and, and it's, it's a nice, it is a nice discipline because I said, well, I, I know I can get that stuff done because it's nice and quiet. So that works for me, uh, you know, as well. No Super Bowls, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you have zero rings, Super, Super Bowl rings, zero. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. What about yeah. goal setting? Do you do that or not so much? I'm not so good at the goal setting. You're going to have to listen uh, to my program at five o'clock when I have Bill Denzel on. You on He's going to tell me to set goals, isn't he? I, he probably will. But I don't, yeah, I don't really I, set goals either. So My brother is a fantastic goal setter. He hits them, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, he was trying to hit certain financial goals in his life. And he ended up for about 10 years missing a lot of life because he was putting in 70 and 80 hour work weeks. But he hit the goals and now he has that, uh, the, the reward of that discipline, freedom. Um, yeah, he hit his goals but it and, came at a price for sure. Everything does. It did come at a price. He had yeah. he ended up with some health issues that he's through those now. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it was there was a trade off. Yeah, uh, I think there's maybe a happy medium in there somewhere. Yeah. And speaking uh, of at a price, I don't know if you have seen the prices go up at the pump uh, when you fill your car up. And I didn't know, know if you had heard this, but there's a new electric car coming out to compete with Tesla. This is encouraging because yeah. it's so important we go green. Oh, I forgot to mention the car is one hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars. <laughs> is that with the rally sp rally sport pack? <laughs> the optional rally fun pack. Yeah, optional rally fun pack. Yeah, and no one hundred and fifty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, no doubt that's a price point for most working families. It could very well be. It, was uh, I being sarcastic? I think I was. You might have been. The money you save on gas. Uh, yeah, it's not going to really pay for it, is it? Wow. <laughs> right. I mean, the prices of a lot of things, I, I've even noticed, you know, the grocery store, the prices of things have gone up. And you know how they sometimes say, hey, would you, you know, you want to round up? Uh, my, my grocery store seems to be doing this. We're going to, would you like to round up to the nearest hundred <laughs> <laughs> for, a, for a local charity? I said, well, what happened to the nearest dollar? <laughs> things are getting kind of pricey. What, um, so I think I could build a car and sell it to you for $159,000. <laughs> you probably could. I wouldn't buy it, but, but you probably could do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm all for this advancing technology. I, I think the Teslas are these, you know, beautiful, fun cars. And uh, I think it's great that we've, I, I just, I don't believe that you get something for nothing. Of course, you know, you still have to power that thing with batteries. And 
I would just not like to be the guy that every couple of weeks got to start slipping all those triple A's and double A's into place. I know. I know. That could take a while. Yeah. You sent me an That's interesting uh, tidbit from the Des Moines area, the prestigious West Des Moines area, but it actually encompassed all of Iowa. And there was a news story that said that COVID deaths among the elderly had nearly doubled in the last few weeks. And that's kind of alarming. But then you uh, slowed down your TV to find out what was exactly on the chart they went by and ran by at a really fast pace. The, the, the graphic went by so quickly so that we've got that little DVR thing. And yeah. I said, well, what was that thing that they just ran by? They said, you know, alarming, alarming, you know, uh, as the news tends to do. Uh, you know, COVID rates, uh, COVID death rate among the uh, elderly has nearly doubled in the state of Iowa. So I said, oh, my, this this really that's begs alarming. attention. And no, it is. A gra- yeah, so that's, I don't know why that's not leading all the news. Well, I found out why. So it had gone from 1.5 no, per thousand. Point, point 0.15 per oh, 100 to 0.28 yeah. per 100. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're roughly uh, one and a half people per thousand to uh, 2.8 certain age people group, per thousand. Per thousand of a certain age group. And that was over a two week period. And they found a way to turn that into, you know, how do we how do we spin this so people would listen? And they they certainly they got me. I said doubled. Oh my goodness, those that's some big that's a big number doubling. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now it's significant uh, to the people who have passed as a result of. Yes, I'm just saying I I do see headlines and news stories that immediately get my attention, and then you dig a little deeper and you find out that there's something like this. It went from 1.5 yeah. people per 1,000 to two point eight people per 1,000. And statistically, you would almost say that's an anomaly. It's it's almost like when you say, you know, hey, the average, name it. It, does, it could be income, it could be intelligence, it could be anything. It's like, well, that will mean that there will be some above it and some below it. And that if you say the average number of people who pass per week from, say, heart disease is this number, there will be weeks where the numbers are higher mm-hmm. and other weeks where the numbers are lower. And so if you just snag out a couple of weeks where it's higher and say, let's just use these and say, ooh, these are above the norm, you could create a sense of alarm where you'd say, well, that's just this statistical anomaly that you grab from that couple of week chunk and if we grabbed another couple of week chunk, we'd say, well, look how low they are for this two week chunk. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're not to be trusted. I'm just saying, you know, be careful if they're just trying to get your attention with yeah. some alarming news. Uh-huh. It might be worth digging a little bit. Yeah. Not to mention yeah. it's also flu season, too. And did you, you know, die from COVID or die with COVID? Yes. Sometimes it's, there is a difference, it's, right? It's, yeah, we've got a, I, I, a lot of people around me have been getting the flu, and we have a very healthy household. Yeah. I, I'm extremely grateful for that, although the, the kids have developed an allergy to chores. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, always good to talk. Thanks so much for joining me today, and I will talk to you next week. Thanks. You talk bet. To you soon. Patrick Albanese has been my guest to get things started. On a little lighter note, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to return with some smooth jazz in the Monday afternoon mix. David Miles, Rosie B. That's all next.
little extra bumper time. Who let David Miles catch his breath? <laughs> he came storming into the studio. <laughs> and the nick of time. The nick of time. Enjoying the, some the old, uh, traffic on a Monday up here in the uh, Twin Cities. Keep that going, Rosie. Yes. I know. It's, it sounds good, right? Does Doesn't it, it just like bring that? your dun, dun. whole pulse down, David? Oh, man. I think I should, out, should I check my Apple Watch. Oh, do we get yeah. paid royalties for mentioning that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, beautiful, beautiful day out. Still enjoying the uh, the loveliness of the fall while we still have it. Amen. Amen. Yep. Yeah. We're talking today. We're continuing our study on the Sermon on the Mount. I think we're all the way up to uh, what does it mean to love your neighbor as you love yourself? Does that sound about right? Of course, I was gone last week, so we missed you too. By we the did. way, you. Peter did, did a great oh job, but we missed you. I don't think you missed me. Yes, we, we did. missed you. Yeah, you, like, Rosie, Rosie you might have, but David didn't. Like, how do you say that? You know, like, because you're just like, like seriously, Peter did a phenomenal he job. Did. He did, and then you have to like go, yeah, Bill, you you do, you always do a great job, and so like, but when you highlight people, sometimes people, what do you say? No, and Bill's not saying that, but Peter was amazing, and I that was a great choice because Bill, you're the bomb, biggity. Uh, Peter's so bright. I don't want to talk about him because he, he might we, be listening. You just said that online, uh, on air. Yeah, but we'll, oh, no. we'll, we'll take that out of the podcast. Okay. Well, I, don't want, I don't want that on record. We don't want that on record. Well, I'll be fine the one to go on record with it. And, uh, you know, it was fun to be with him. Uh, one of the times I was with him was on Guy Talk, yeah. which is another show. Yeah. And so if you're a guy and you are, you're driving right now in your car, Bill, when is, when is Guy Talk on Thursdays? Thursday at 4 o'clock. 4 okay. o'clock. Mm-hmm. I have to speak up for the women, though, because Guy Talk isn't, guy talk like stuff that guys just generally talk about it's these four pastors who field all these questions or three pastors you know four sometimes 007 shows up and as a female He's a pastor yeah 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 sometimes he shows up is what i meant right, though. yeah right. mm. um i love it i absolutely love it i learned so much from these guys not to mention guy talk live is this thursday Right here in the atrium at uh, Northwestern. Yeah, in the Mel Johnson studio. We only have a few spots left. So let me just say they are at a premium right now. See, I didn't even know that. We were segueing in that. And so come and check that out. Enjoy yourself and ask questions and create some great If you want to nab one of the few remaining spots, because we have to limit how many people show up just for distancing and uh, Mm -hmm. all the COVID protocols, which we're very, very happy to do, Mm. text the word EVENT. To 877-933-2484. We'd be more than happy to fit you in if you can come, want to come. Starts at um, 4 o'clock on Thursday. We, I think, ask you to get there a little bit before so we can Because there's you. treats. There's treats. I've got Ooh. packs of cookies that treats I bought about six weeks ago now that have That's been right. sitting on my kitchen counter. I'm bringing them. I'm putting the microwave. That'll warm them up. That'll make them <laughs> taste more fresh. And it's an extended version. So they're, they're 90, talking for 90, 90 minutes. minutes. I Whoa. wonder if Tom Brock is going to come in a tux. No, he, he's not. He's not? No. Not dressing up for this? No. Is there a okay. tradition with this? No, he said he wanted to come in a tux, and I said, don't. Unless he has one. That that might be entertaining. <laughs> well, I like the fact that you guys are having treats, and, you know, it kind of segues a little bit into our conversation today on loving enemies. I oh, mean, like, let's go there It's kind of cool because, like, you know, you want to bring treats for your, your friends and your loved ones. And there, there's a story I want to just real briefly share that happened years ago, but I think it's really pertinent. And a guy named Gary Yates in the 
Roanoke Times, he had wrote that this couple, Ricky and Tony Sexton, were taken hostage inside of their Worthville, Virginia home by a fugitive couple on a crime street. This was a decade, so, dec- decade or so ago. Tony had taken her poodle outside where Dennis Lewis and Angela Tanner roared into their driveway, pointed pistols, pistols at her, and yelled at her to get back inside the house. Inside the house, the Sexons turned their hostage experience into an opportunity to demonstrate Christian love. They listened to their captors' troubles, fed them, showed them gospel videos, read to them from the Bible, prayed and cried with them. During negotiations with the police, Ricky Sexton refused his own release when Lewis and Tanner suggested that they might end the standoff by committing suicide. Listen to this. The standoff had an unusual ending. Before surrendering to the police, Angela Tanner left $135 and a note for the Sextons that read, Thank you for your hospitality. We really appreciate it. I hope he gets better. Wish all luck and love. Please accept this. It really is all we have to offer. Love, Angela and Dennis. Hmm. And the person just notes that followers of Jesus should never forget the disarming power of Christian love. And in this passage today, Jesus is telling us not to love our friends and the ones who bring us treats. But he does something radical in telling us to love our enemies. So much harder. I just have to tell you that that is hard because usually, you know, you have how does someone become an enemy? There has been some sort of offense that you have been given an opportunity to pick up Mm -hmm. or not or leave it down there. But then to turn that offense around and to actually love on somebody, I think that's harder. Jesus is radical. And I don't think, David and Bill, we can do it without him living inside us, inspiring us to do so and giving us that unction to turn the other cheek. When it says you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I think, do I put the same energy into meeting the needs of my neighbors and enemies as I do meeting my own needs? Answer, no. No. Nope. Yeah. Three, three for three. Three, three for three. three. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes, like, you know, uh, Klaus Eisner uh gentleman from Biola wrote an article on professed belief versus core belief. We've talked about this before. Um, and it's regarding the being, doing, knowing of discipleship. Like we have our professed beliefs like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd love to do this. And our core belief. So like professed belief is this this fun one. You know, someone comes into work today, Monday, and they're like, hey, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, uh, yeah, we moved. Oh, man. You know what? I wish I would have known because I would have helped you. <laughs> I've never said that. You know, and I mean, like, dude, seriously, like, oh, next time call me. So, guys, what's funny about this is when we moved here from Ohio um, in, in four, four and a half years ago, it was really funny. We, we had to move a couple different times because we moved, put our stuff in storage, and then we leased, and then we finally, you know, built our home and moved into that. And I remember having to move more than once. So one time I, we had just finished moving some stuff, and someone said, what would you do this weekend? And they're like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, we moved. And they're like, oh, yeah, I wish, wish I, could have, I wish I could have been there. And I said, wonderful. We're doing it again this weekend. And it was like, <laughs> And the finger went up, and it checked the wind. I said, you need to check the wind, right? You need to check your horoscope that you don't believe in. You need to check something because, you know, so that professed belief of I know that I, I would, and sometimes the core belief of ourselves that is like no. And and that part that Jesus wants to get inside of us to have a yes, Lord, attitude towards those around us. Yeah, it's like when, I, when, when you say I've got to be at the airport at 530, and I say, well, I could give you a ride. And then you say, well, I've already got plans for a ride. I go, whew, you know, that's right. <laughs> I get credit for asking and I don't have to do it. It's win-win. Yes. 
we have a joke in our house about that because I'll, so I, it's my husband and my two sons and we, my sons are still living with us. And the joke is whoever's doing dishes, do you need help? And it's typically asked right at the end when they're all done. So it's kind of a timing thing, but Hmm. it's to the point where you don't really want to help, but you want credit for asking. Yeah, we we want credit for things, and I mean, like, what's kind of kind of wild about this on on the question you asked earlier about who is my neighbor? That takes us back to the story of the prodigal son, because the lawyer comes and says, you know, Jesus, you know, what's the most important thing? And he's like, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And the Bible says, wanting to justify himself, wanting to justify himself, mm-hmm. he said, who is my neighbor? And he tells the story of the prodigal. You know, excuse me, the Good Samaritan. Yeah, Good Samaritan you know, makes sorry. more sense. That's yeah, all right. <laughs> I was thinking for a second. I'm like, oh, oh. This is going to be have, good. I was thinking, <laughs> I'm like, I have got it's the like, wrong message from the This is a new revelation. Kind <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what theology are you discussing today? Yeah. But, but, the, but the Good Samaritan, you know, and it's this idea of the person that was least likely who had spalignotism, my compassion, and looked on that person and loved them, and Jesus tells him to go do likewise. So in this passage, when Jesus says, you've heard it said that you should love your neighbors and hate your enemies, but I say to you, and actually, guys, at that time, there was this parsing of things where the Pharisees were saying, it's okay to hate your, na- your enemies. Like, it's totally, totally cool uh, for you to do that. And we talked a little bit last week with Peter. Part of the segue into this, uh, you know, was a, a particular person who was running for office. And when they were asking him, how are you guarding these people? And, and as a Christian, he was saying, well, they hate all the right people. And how we're living in a time right now where it seems like cool to, like, hate people. Or at least to have a great deal of animosity and contempt with them. And Jesus in this passage is like, no, like you said, Rosie, like he, Jesus is radical. He's not like not just loving your friends. He's like loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so hard because um, I think it's not just that personal decision you make about loving, you know, neighbor. And, you know, we always think of our neighbors as somebody that lives next door. Mm-hmm. But when you put it into a political realm with the climate suggesting and actually wanting division based on media and, you know, um, slanderous titles that get you drawn in and all this kind of um, things that is going on today. It's a decision in your spirit not to bite off on what the world is asking you to do and not to think, oh, my goodness, based on my political opinion, I cannot you know, I can't talk to that neighbor anymore because they just put up a sign for the opposite opinion. Right. Right. So it's it's different than just loving people in your realm of influence that you might not know. It's actually an attitude change for loving the world differently. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. I, I remember um, meeting a, a gentleman at a at a neat fund, uh, f- uh, fundraiser for Glory Bomb Ministries, neat ministry that works with Teen Challenge. And they minister to the families of the people going in because we so often focus on the person who's struggling with addiction, but they're going to come out and go into a family. Well, I met this one gentleman and he was saying, he's like PDM. I said, you know, what's up? He says, I have family members who are mad at me because they don't feel like I'm conservative enough. He's like, I'm a conservative. He goes, but because it's almost like I'm not enough of one. And he said, because I'm struggling with things. And he goes, I find myself struggling 
on this. And he's like, and so people are like, literally, he's like, I've been ostracized. And so this climate that's drawing these lines that aren't going to be in heaven, we have to be, we have to be careful about it. And I think that's where the radicalness of Jesus comes in. I mean, like, he's like, love, love your enemies. And you have to remember, this is, you know, Matthew writing to a predominantly Jewish audience living underneath Roman colonization with Herod and Pontius Pilate. I mean, it's jacked up. So remember, they're hoping for the Messiah to what? Overthrow Rome. And here Jesus is like, ah, no, no, you want to hate these people, but actually love them. Hmm. Now let's go back to the Good Samaritan. He only saw a person that was in dire need of help. That's all he saw. Someone who really needed help, and he did help. And then he really went above and beyond, I think, the minimum, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. he dressed his wounds, he put him on his animal, he got him to a place where he could do some healing, and he paid for all of it, and then even said, on the way back, I'll pay some more. Yeah. And that's, and Bill, if we're honest, sometimes, like, we're like, oh, that's so cool. You know, that's so cool. Like, you, you did that. And it's like, but it's, you know, my money. And no. And what is that person going to, and well, what did they do to get themselves in that situation that they got beat up? And, and we go through a litany of different things and it's not saying to not use wisdom, but one interesting thing that, that I've noticed is when people are talking about helping someone, usually it's often thought of what are they pejoratively or negatively going to do with whatever I help or give to them. And it's, and it's often not really thought of like maybe the person actually has, has you know, a need. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one fascinating thing happened when I pastored at Brooklyn Park Free Church. We, the Lord blessed us to develop a relationship with the, with the local apartment complex. And, you know, the, the, the person who was there, the, the head over the entire thing, gave us keys to the community center. And even with her management, they're like, why are you letting her church? She's like, nope, I believe it. I think that they need it. So we took the building managers out and we asked them, say, we're not going to be arrogant enough to come in here and tell you what you need. What, what is something that you feel would minister to this 492 unit? And they said, you know what? Could you guys do a Bible study? Wow. Seriously. Like we, they're like, we feel people. And then they said another thing. Could you do a young moms? We have a number of young moms who are living here. We'd really like to do that. So we started doing things and ministering and developing relationships and meeting people that had just powerful walks with God. Mm-hmm. And one day I was talking to the gal and she says, you know, PDM, you know how come I let you guys here? And I said, what? She goes, when my family, we moved to Blaine, we had nothing. And there was a local church who helped us. And I've never forgotten it. And we were doing health clinics, VBS, and we were seeing people come to faith like crazy, but it happened because of a church that I didn't even know had helped this lady, and she ended up in a position of influence that opened up the door, you know. And so you never know how God wants to use that. Yeah, great, great story. Listen to the Monday afternoon mix, PDM, Rosie B. We're talking about loving your enemies, and we'll, we'll do so more of that when we return.
says it's Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles, PDM. He is at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota, and also an adjunct professor right here at the University of Northwestern. Think of the lucky students that walk into his classroom. Oh, my gosh. Get an hour of this. I know. Or longer. I don't know. How long do classes last? Uh, hour and 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So kids are wow. incredible. You know, we're, we're at, at Northwestern, we're, we're forming students in Christ to transform the world for Christ. I admire teachers. I'd have to read poetry to fill an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> I am not above meddling on having my my sons try to get into your class, Peter Kapsner's and Nita Burns. Right. All I mean, there's uh, there's wonderful other good teachers, but those you are the three that I know so well. And I'm like, hey, you want to take a class with Pastor David Miles? I'd love to have him. We open up God's Word and have just some incredible times of devotion as we jump into things on like leadership for transformation mm-hmm. and stuff. And there's a, there's, there's a great team of people who really love the Lord um, that lead our departments, like, you know, Dr. Dale Lemke, who I believe yep. you've had on. I, and, I know Dale. And Dr. Randy Nelson and others, yep. so yep. appreciate it. All right, we're talking today about loving your enemies. So we're about to go into the holidays. Who are your enemies? That's kind of a loaded question. You guys are both looking at me. Yeah, we what? are. What? I'm on the spot. <laughs> no, we're not looking your way. We're just looking your okay. way. Well, it's one of those questions <laughs> that you can ask and you kind of hear chirp, 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 know. you know. And so, we want to say, well, I don't have enemies. Right. And I, I like to say when Bill asked that question, who's the person who flashed across your 65-inch screen in your mind with HDTV with 5.5 surround Dolby? And the person who came to your mind with spotlights on, that's who you're asking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Holy Spirit always has somebody. He has somebody where there's some bone of contention someplace. And we were talking on break that, you know, it's too easy to think of just helping, you know, loving your enemies and helping during the holiday seasons with finances. Like that person who just flashed on your brain, it could be taking out for coffee to ask forgiveness. It can be a lot of different things that God's asking you to do, which would be loving. Yeah, because we, we don't want to have the attitude of uh, Navarez. Navarez was a Spanish patriot. When he lay dying, his father confessor asked him whether he had forgiven all his enemies. And Navarez looked astonished and said, Father, I have no enemies. I've shot them all. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought we'd actually talk about that on after Monday afternoon mix on, on Faith Radio. That's great. You don't see me talking about it. No. No. <laughs> no. That's you, that's you two. You guys, I just, I just laughed. Really, we're all trying to squirm out of it. No, you know, actually, that's it's very. I mean, point. personally, like, so I've grown up in a tradition. I grew up in the African American church, and if mm-hmm. if there's, you know, ever a group of people who have walked this this passage out, you know, of of living a place where on Stone Mountain, Georgia, the founding of the Ku Klux Klan was a Methodist pastor, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, like, and and we lit a cross for the period of Jesus and put on white hoods and all that other stuff. Nowadays, people don't even wear hoods. They just, they're wearing it outrightly, you know. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's crazy is the amount of ways that people have forgiven. Actually, more astonishing to me are the Native Americans, you know, finding a Native American believer. I mean, when you see 95% of the population on these continents wiped out, many tribes are completely exterminated, and they started off by showing hospitality. And even by record of the people who wrote and showed up on the shores, contrary to what I learned, no, there was very functioning societies, you know, and even the Iroquois contributed to the idea of 
what we see as our Constitution and Declaration of Independence. I mean, so we have learned this narrative. And so when you meet people who are like, I love in spite of those things because of what Jesus has done in my heart, that's a pretty fascinating thing. Well, it's the power of the cross, right? It's power of the cross. It is because the cross asks us to lead in love. It does. So, Bill... What what is a family person? Because it's it's the fifteenth of November, mm-hmm. and naturally tonight, for some family, there's going to be a conversation of it's it's the holidays. So how are we going to spend the holidays with family? And this is going back to your earlier question of like who's your enemy? Because mm-hmm. for some people, I mean, like on the show, we like to keep it real. We don't we don't want to just kind of blow smoke. So what do you say for the person who's getting ready to go into the holidays? And this passage is like crawling up their spine right now. Mm. Well, people are nervous about walking on eggshells around certain family members or relatives or gatherings that are traditions. And you hate to have those not be enjoyable and pleasurable. I always think there's wisdom in some kind of preemptive strike where you call somebody that you might feel at odds with, or maybe there's some repentance that needs to happen if you do that in advance of showing up at the Thanksgiving dinner, I think you're going to be a much happier person. That's awesome, Bill. Thank you, David. No, no, no. Seriously, like, like yes. I was thinking of a number of things, but you saying that of people actually ahead of time maybe reaching out so that when you when you walk in the room and all those emotive feelings want to go lava on mm. you, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, that 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 that's not the case. I mean that that's that's really. I like that. And if we tie it back to the story of the Good Samaritan, and you were talking about the lawyer talking to Jesus, and the lawyer's answer about this man really, I think, revealed the hardness of his heart because he couldn't even bring himself to say the word Samaritan. He refers to him as the good man or he who showed mercy. So his hate for Samaritans was so strong, he couldn't even refer to them in the proper way. Mm -hmm. And I know there's uh, strained relationships, broken ones, ones that... You um, are either going to walk on eggshells or you're going to try to do some kind of, uh, in advance of an event, say, can I have a conversation with you? Or you send them a letter or you say, I'm sorry for my half of whatever. Yeah. Anyway. And that's where we need Christ to come in because sometimes we want to protest our rights and be like, you know, and and what do we find in, in, in Philippians 2? Jesus emptied himself. Gave up his rights. And if anyone didn't deserve, it was him. And yet he went to the cross for ourselves. And, you know, we, we, we talk about, yeah, but I have a right to feel whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, Romans five ten, like we covered last week. It says that one time we were enemies of God. And could you really think, like, if God really, like, when we showed up with attitude, God's <laughs> like, okay, you want me to do unto you as you're doing unto them. And we'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, and so it's because we've been forgiven so much that the depths of our gratitude and maybe built to this point, what you're saying, this just thought we were talking last week and saying it literally is impossible to hate, like to to speak hatred and pray gratitude at the same time. And so there might not, there might only be like a sliver, but what is in what one small way that you can start to catalog gratitude for that person? 
And maybe you're like, I, ain't, I, I don't have anything to say. Well, the fact that you now are having to pray gratitude, that might be the blessing that God just gave you, that you actually have to connect with him and reflect on gratitude and press into him, as Rosie said. So maybe starting to cultivate gratitude as you start to head into the holidays. Well, I think the enemy's attack is always to keep our eyes on the offense. You know, whatever the disagreement is, whatever the action is, valid, invalid, doesn't matter. If we keep our eyes on that, then, you know, we don't have space to look at gratitude. So choosing to look at somebody as God might see them, okay, and actually choosing God to help you see them the way he sees them, because sometimes we need that. We need that help, and that's honest, too, is a choice, and it is a choice of generosity and of love. Yeah, we have that English idiom where it's called nursing a wound. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like, like literally we pull out our baby bottle and we just like nurse that. And like you should be nursing, like nursing to health, but sometimes we nurse that we actually really meditate on it. Always love the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. And we'll take a little break. When we come back, Bill Denzel will be joining me. I've not met him yet. I'm excited to meet him. He's written a a book called You on Purpose, Discover the Calling and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. It's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.